It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with the two managing partners of Emerge Technologies, Jesse Kegley and Richard Brown. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Good. Before we, we dig deeply into this, what I'm going to do is tell everyone what's coming up next. We have a quick change in tomorrow's show. Tomorrow we're going to have Don Bach from Minuteman Press. He's going to be talking about some of the latest new technologies in printing. Next week we're going to have Dave Rocket from Omega Material Handling. And on Friday we're going to have Craig Heldman from Hobson's. They're the company that does uh, educational work uh, over the Internet for colleges and uh, school districts. The following week on December 20th, we're going to have a really interesting guy named uh, Wolf Olson. Wolf owns and operates a company called Freelance Commercial Diving, and he, he dives into some terrible places that you'll hear about, but including the Ohio River when a car falls in. They call him in to uh, get the car out. He's an ex-Navy uh, SEAL. And then on uh, Friday the 21st, we're going to have John Melvin from the uh, – Small Business Development Center here in Claremont County. Let's see, other announcements that we should talk about. Uh, those of you who are Sandler clients or want to find out more about Sandler, the Sandler Client Summit is in Orlando on February 14th. It's called No Guts, No Gain. The $100 discount is still good through the end of the year. You can go to uh, clientsummit2013.sandler.com for the full details. This is the uh, second conference. There are expected to be about 1,000 people there. January 30th is our next cold call camp here. And uh, one of the interesting uh, side notes for the No Guts, No Gain Client Summit in Florida is the keynote speaker. Sandler usually doesn't bring in an outsider. This year they're bringing in a fellow named Brian Frank, who's the head of global sales operations of a little company called LinkedIn. And he's going to be giving us some uh, some tips and insights on how to use LinkedIn in sales. So that that should be a great conference. And uh, if you're a client, you just you can go to uh, our website and make sure you take a look at the uh, the balance of December and uh, January uh, calendars. Okay. 
Now let's talk a little bit about about Richard and Jesse. Uh, Richard's been the managing partner with Emerge since the company was founded in 2006. Uh, when he joined the firm, he brought extensive professional services management and Cisco infrastructure expertise. Were you a, a, a Cisco engineer or a Cisco salesman? Yeah, Cisco uh, Cisco engineering was the background that I had and, and brought to uh, brought to emerge. But certainly, uh, in any business, we're always looking for opportunities and selling. So it was a little bit of both. Okay, good. We've since Sandler's trained a few people over at Cisco, even in this market. Uh, since then, uh, since 2006, Emerge has grown by leaps and bounds from a, a small boutique IT player to a regional force in delivering IT solutions to all uh, SMB. Uh, small business uh, units, and uh, mid-market and enterprise customers. Emerge Corporate Headquarters is located in Erlanger, Kentucky, and it has a branch office in Louisville, Kentucky. I guess it's too long a drive. How many employees do you guys have now? We're, we're coming up on 50. We're probably at 46, 47 mark. Really? That's Getting pretty closer good. every day. And how many employees are down in Louisville? Uh, there's three folks that are located down there permanently and obviously other folks traveling as necessary. Okay. And you provide solutions in Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, and Pennsylvania. That's pretty far away. Yep. Yep. So Emerge um, certainly can, can reach out with some resources and uh, partnerships. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of opportunity out there in the market. Technology is uh, a very uh, tight-knit community and um, you know, we certainly find opportunities uh, all over the place. Now, I've heard that you're you're well known for United Communications, uh, data center networking, uh, data center virtualization, and storage technologies. Um, in in joining Emerge, uh, Rich, you brought over 10 years of networking infrastructure with Cisco, leadership experience with a large Cisco VAR, evaluated reseller environment, and uh, you had experience in business operations, sales, and management. Uh, invaluable in making uh, Emerge successful today. Uh, Rich is a, and, and here in San Luis, we uh, we ha- we hate these buzzwords and three-letter acronyms and four-letter acronyms that no one knows except you. Right. And I've already hit one. What is a CCIE? Yeah, I mean it's kind of the the masters from a, a Cisco networking uh, standpoint. So uh, Cisco puts out some some very um, very detailed and, and very difficult uh, training programs to ensure that the folks that, that manage and work on their networks really are world-class, and it's one of their top-level certifications just to ensure that what we're providing to our customers is is going to take care of their environments and, and ensure they don't have issues. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, Sandler's actually noticed the same problem with salespeople. For us, people would say, oh, yeah, I was Sandler trained 10 years ago, and they, they think that means oh, well, I, that they know what they're doing, and that means 10 years ago they went to an eight-hour class and they can barely remember what the Sandler submarine looked like, no less what was in it. Uh, so Sandler actually is introducing this month a certification program for sales professionals and management professionals, and they're going to be four levels, bronze, silver, gold, and master level. And in December, we're rolling out the, the bronze-level certifications, and it will be separate certifications in sales and sales management. There will also be certifications in some of the specialty courses like that Sandler offers, like networking or no guts, no gain. 
Yeah, yeah. Cisco's uh, good enough to make you retake part of the test every two years to ensure that you're you're sharp on your skills. So certainly, I don't get away with taking the test ten years ago and not having to touch it since then. Well, you guys in the techno- technology world, everything changes. It seems like every six months. I'm, I'm not sure it lasts that long. Right. Uh, <laughs> and Jesse, let me tell the folks a little bit about uh, your background. Uh, you've been with the company since the beginning, so you guys were the two founders. Um, yeah, well, pretty much. The, the organization was started as a, really an audiovisual uh, focus, and that's a part of what Emerge does today. Um, at that time, the industry was really converging audio and video with data on the network, mm-hmm. and that was really the premise of uh, us coming together and um, creating creating that solution-based company to address that opportunity in the market. So do you guys still do things like uh, high-end expensive boardrooms? We do. We do conference rooms, uh, education technology, uh, video conferencing solutions as as one of our practices. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been out to to see the uh, the conference room over at uh, LSI? Have not actually. Well, get get Bob Reedy to bring you out there. We'll give him a call. You know, I'm sure that thing costs well more than a million dollars, uh, and he's got a a LED TV screen which. Is like unbelievable. It's pretty fun technology to work with. Oh yeah, yeah, and the sound systems and all that stuff. Um, let's see your background, Jesse. Before you got to emerge, what were you doing? I was working at a large bar here in Cincinnati for about six years, five five years. Uh, prior to that, I worked with a uh, technology company out in Kansas City called Alexander Open Systems and helped them start a network operations center. And that was a good 11, 12 years ago. So okay, so network operations center means NOC. Knock. Knock. that's right. I've heard people say knock in your trade but never find the, the actual meaning. Sure. And that, that throws people off. Your One of your areas is IT network architecture. Yes, I did work in a technical capacity as an architect for Microsoft and Cisco Technologies prior to coming into Emerge, and I brought some of that that capacity to Emerge, absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but Emerge was actually founded in 2004 for this resale of IT products, and you two guys bought into it in 2006? Yes. Okay. In your company, what type of people do you have to make up these 50-odd employees? Awesome people. Awesome. Yeah. The best. I would say the best. Mm-hmm. Really? Certainly. Yeah. And, and you know, the folks that uh, that have come to work for us over the years, um, many of them we, we've known from prior prior organizations, prior lives, and, and even childhood friends. And so those folks, um, you know, we're, we're very, very trusting in them, and they just – they're amazing people for the organization and, and uh, take great care of the customers and really stand behind everything that Emerge does. One of the – one of the main things that um, – is important to us as Emerge is, is ensuring that we take care of the people that work for us, and that's uh, that's a core focus uh, of ours. Really, it's it's part of the culture and ingrained in what we do every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, why don't you, uh, you tell the folks how you guys go to market? Sure. Um, you know, clearly in in our industry, we are interested in. Uh, really becoming a trusted advisor to our customer. Um, There are folks out there that work in a um, transaction-based motivation where where they're interested in transacting IT product. They're they're interested in transacting technology. And we're we're certainly uh, 
capable in that. But ultimately, uh, our, our measure of success with a customer is do we have a trusted advisor and long relationship with them? I'm glad you brought that, uh, that term up. Uh, have you actually read the book, Trusted Advisor? have not. Uh-huh. Who's the author? I'll show you a copy in the other room. Okay. I recommend it to all of our people because it, it really is a, a veiled uh, copy of what we teach in Sandler. But there's a lot of truth in that book, uh, Trusted Advisor. Uh, if you haven't read it, you should. We'll, we'll take a look at it. We'll check it out. The, the other piece is positioning technical expertise. Um, you know, there, we work with a lot of technology, and uh, it's technology that exists in almost every business. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in somewhat of a competitive landscape. There's a lot of providers of that technology. You can go online and buy that technology. So Emergent needs to add a value above and beyond what that technology is. That value is going to be in our people and the level of expertise and competency that our people have. So what kind of ratio do you have of uh, salespeople to technical employees? It, that's interesting that you're bringing it up. Uh, working in other organizations, it seems like uh, there's a lot of salespeople and a few engineers. And that's actually opposite with Emerge. Uh, we have about five full-time salespeople in the Cincinnati uh, office and roughly 30 engineers uh, servicing and supporting customers. Um, we have a couple down in Louisville as well. Okay. Good. And you guys have agreed to take some questions. So if anyone has a question, you can call in at uh, 646 595-4916, and we can uh, screen the calls during the commercial breaks. In the marketplace, what are you guys doing to grow your business? How are you finding new customers, or are you getting more business from your existing installed base? Certainly, it's a, it's a mixture of both those things. Um, you know, we've we've had a, a great relationship with our customers and with many of the vendor partners that we work with. So we have a tremendous amount of referral business that comes to us from from our partners and from our vendors. Uh, so that that business alone allows us to grow because just because of the volume of it. Over and above that, um, <clears throat> we're certainly doing a fair amount of marketing in in the Cincinnati and Louisville markets, making sure that we're getting our name out there. Uh, making sure that we're staying in front of you know in front of our existing customers and uh, finding additional and new customers through that marketing. Uh, as we look at our existing customer base, we do several things to to try to deepen what we're doing with those customers. Certainly, we take very good care of those customers. We spoke of the technical expertise that that we provide to them uh, that um, I'll say is second to none, and and that that keeps them loyal and keeps them wanting to do more with us on a long term basis. But but over and above that, uh, we do many good events where we educate them on the technology and help them better understand what their opportunities are in the market to to you know work more efficiently and use technology within their business. So you're doing uh, educational seminars. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we hold roughly, I think last year, uh, probably about ten different events with uh, with the market, and we invite our customers as well as uh, prospective customers to those. Um, you know that could be based on a specific technology problem or a business issue that can be solved with technology. Very much educational in nature and also very fun. We've we've had some great events that uh, have allowed our customers, uh, our our vendors, and our our employees to to come together and have a good time. Good. If you're not having fun, why do it? There you go. Good. We're going to take a commercial break. And again, the telephone number for call-ins are six four six five nine five four nine one six. 
This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. If you're a salesperson or a company owner, my message is critical for you. Today, I want to talk to you about the real secret of getting out of debt. Earn more money! Most salespeople and owners want to sell more at a higher price with better margins, but don't know how. I've helped hundreds of people and companies grow over 30% per year by making an investment in themselves. Albert Einstein said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. I teach my clients new and different strategies, tactics, and behaviors that get dramatic results. I'm not for everyone. I'm tough, expensive, abrasive, and not politically correct. But if you want results, we need to talk. Call me at 513-646-6523. Give me your toughest questions. Then, if you qualify, I'll invite you in for a free meeting. 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem. What are you hearing now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is, their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople know how to climb? If you or your team needs to learn how to climb through and up out of tough economic times, call me, Mike Raw, at 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Raw. I'm back again with Jesse Kegley and Richard Brown of Emerge. Jesse, why don't you tell the folks in the audience how they can get a hold of you after the show. Sure thing. Uh, go out to our website, www.emergeits.com, or you can email me at jkegley at emergeits.com. Guys, as we look out into 2013, what do you guys see as the the obstacles in the path of companies that you serve? I think for uh, for Emerge, you know, the, the opportunities is in our continued growth, and that's through finding good people and placing them in, in the appropriate positions where they're strong. Uh, I think that for a lot of organizations, especially professional service type organizations, um, you know, it's really going to come down to finding the right people to help sustain their business and, and grow their business. In uh, in thinking about, you know, some of the, the companies that we serve, certainly uh, as this economy is is tough and and everyone works every day to to uh, you know earn earn their way um, you know efficiency and productivity of, of their employees is is key to what they're doing and that's uh, that's one of the things that we obviously help with with the technology solutions we provide so we feel like you know our, our customers being efficient in, in how they use their technology and making sure that they're making the best uh, technology decisions within their business uh, whether it's around you know unified communications or data center or, or selecting the right cloud products and, and making sure that's right for their business are going to be the things that are key as we look at the coming year uh, in, in 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, are you guys having a banner month in December with the Section 179? We have a lot of small and medium businesses that absolutely are taking advantage of that, and uh, it, it is keeping us very busy right now. 
we're not complaining about it either. That's good. You've got to get everything installed and running by the end of the year to take that 179 deduction. Okay. Um, do you see any opportunities and, and possibilities in the marketplace that are dramatic uh, for you in the next year? I think for, for Emerge, the continued proliferation of cloud computing and uh, just you know going back to that being a trusted advisor to the market, uh, there are a lot of questions out there that people have as, as far as how do they leverage cloud computing to benefit their business or, or to save money or to find additional efficiencies in their operations. For us, that means a, a lot of opportunity. Um, we know that the cloud is here. It is not going to go anywhere. Um, and we're, we're certainly focused on being able to enable our customers to make the, the right decisions for their business as it pertains to cloud. You know, and, and over and above cloud, you know, we've always done a lot of, of consulting or professional service for, for our customers in this environment. And I believe even though the economy is tough, technology people, people who know technology and can really help our customers with their business, are more and more um, hard to come by every day. And so, you know, we, we believe, number one, we take such such a good um, approach and, and take good care of our employees that they're not going to go anywhere. We feel that, that that gives us a competitive advantage in having those strong technology resources that we can apply to to the small-medium business environment where they may have trouble retaining good technologists that can help them with their business. On the inside, yeah. That, that, that only brings up a, a, a question that, that I asked Adrian Breen over at uh, First Financial Bank, and the question to him was, how do you select a bank for a business? And for you guys, uh, I'd like you to lay out how you think a medium-sized business should select an IT company, okay? Um, and I don't think the right answer is because I met the guy at a BNI networking meeting. Sure. I know I had been fooled here in town by a by a company that sent out one tech who knew my NT network years ago, and, and he was magic on the keyboard. Certainly. And then they sent out a whole series of people and charged me hours and hours of, for guys who barely knew how to turn on the computer. I eventually fired them. But how do you select a, a, an IT company? So I think first, uh, qualifications and, and competency. Um, this technology can be very complex, okay? And it is absolutely paramount that uh, the organization you're selecting has uh, qualifications. They should have certified individuals in the, the manufacturer's technology that they're working with. Um, they should obviously be able to show a proven track record, provide great references of being able to apply that skill and that knowledge and that competency to to solve issues or implement um, solutions for, for for the market. Ultimately, you know, the the market hopefully is is interested and sees the value in finding a partner. Somebody that can take take a moment to understand what their business is, what their objectives are, what their challenges are, and has a, a, a true interest in trying to to solve those problems or partner with their organization long term to put a strategy together that that benefits both parties in that in that arrangement. Yeah, I think I think Jesse outlined it very well uh, in that you know, what he covered there, but <clears throat> that last piece is key. You know, it's it's about the relationship, you know, with with that technology partner, and and going beyond, 
just treating them as as someone you're you're buying stuff from or someone that you're you're ordering things through, but having a true relationship and being able to interact with them on a, a trusted um, advice level, advisory level, where they understand your business and and you know they're they're in there uh, with the interest uh, of your best interest, not just selling you something. So I think those things are key, you know, to to selecting the right technology partner. So how do you find and evaluate technology partners? Because there are probably 50 companies in town that say they're technology partners. And some are going to be totally disqual- disqualified because they're not in the area of business that you where you where you are. But how do you, how should a CEO select a technology company to partner with? I think a, a big piece of that starts with with other companies like like your organization. You know, that CEO needs to look around, and, and hopefully they have a, a network of folks that they they know and work with that have organizations similar to theirs. And, and they should interact with them and see what they're doing for technology. What partners are they using, and, and are they having success in what they're doing uh, with with those folks? And that just you know that comes from you know interacting and having that. We we do a, a specific. Um, event quarterly we do a CIO roundtable that allows the chief information officers of, of many of our companies and some folks that aren't aren't companies or, or partners with us sit in and talk about technology as well as talk about the folks who are providing that technology. So I think a big piece of it is is we talked kind of about references and, and just knowing other folks that, that have good experience with other technology organizations. The CIO roundtable has been an outstanding um, experience for us. Um, you know, and I, how many times do you do that? Four to six. That's four to big. six. And how many people typically show up? Oh, we've had anywhere from ten to twenty-five people. Uh, mm-hmm. Typically, we'll find you know a nice restaurant able to to accommodate that. Um, I will facilitate that discussion, uh, select a a topic that is interesting uh, to the CIOs that attend our roundtable, and really, as opposed to directing or presenting, uh, it's more a facilitation of the CIOs with each other. Mm-hmm. And the premise here is if we can bring together uh, these these folks that have common issues, common uh, problems to solve or common objectives, and we can provide an environment or a platform for them to build some relationships with each other, then we're strengthening them. And that's a great example of how interested we are in building these relationships with the market. That's something that I don't think that uh, you'll find out there very often. I haven't heard of anyone else in your industry doing a CIO, Chief Information Officer, roundtable. It takes time. It takes effort and Mm -hmm. energy. Um, It it is not, you know, directly associated with a specific opportunity, but is still very important to us that that we can do things to enable our customers to be successful in in their ventures. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, What is the, uh, the newest technology that people are asking you for? The hottest area. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like finding a um, finding a specific area because there's so much technology out there and so many new things that that are just on the horizon or, or coming through, uh, you know, various environments. Certainly, the the consumer consumerization of of the different devices, you know, that are out there and and folks wanting to bring in, you know, the the employees of the companies wanting to bring in the devices they're familiar with. Everybody knows the ubiquitous iPad, right? And they want to bring that in and use that as a tool to do their job with every day. Mm-hmm. And so companies are very challenged with how do they allow their employees to be more productive 
but ensure the security of their data. And, and certainly there's, there's a wide range of solutions around accomplishing that and something that we've seen a lot, uh, a lot of action, a lot of things going on around that recently. So do you uh, actually write applications uh, for the cloud for an iPad? So Emerge today does not do any development of applications. Mm -hmm. How about security? We we implement the solutions that are out there. We are very aware of the different technologies that exist today and that are being developed. Uh, so, you know, as a technology provider to the market, we absolutely have to be knowledgeable about the, the trends in our industry. Uh, to Richard's point, though, uh, you know, folks are going to bring in these devices on, and they're going to want to work with the devices, and an organization can, can either not allow that or they can embrace their staff's desire to, to work more efficiently, uh, that's definitely a, a hot topic right now. Bring your own device. Right, right. Okay, we're going to take a another short commercial break here. We're going to listen to a, a Sandler Rule. Um, we'll be right back after we listen to a Sandler Rule number 47. I'm Brad Massey with Sandler Training. I'm talking to you about rule number 47, selling as a Broadway play performed by a psychiatrist. What does that mean? Selling as a Broadway play, it's about a performance. It's about sometimes having to do things differently than we're comfortable doing. It's about making changes. Sometimes I need to speak with enthusiasm and excitement. Sometimes I need to speak more subtly and articulately, and I need to explain things deeper. Um, performance by a psychiatrist, what does psychiatry have to do with this rule? It means we have to have an understanding of human dynamics. Being a psychiatrist is about understanding human dynamics. It means we need to be able to manage the way we speak with people. Um, be an objective participant to the event when we talk to people keep our emotions under control. Be able to ask the appropriate questions in a manner that is not contingent on the outcome. In other words, sometimes if I really want to close business, I get emotionally involved. And what the other person is telling me has too much impact on me. I just need to understand that there's a process in how we go about interacting with people. And if I can say the right things, if I can ask the right questions, then I don't get emotionally involved with this opportunity. And the right thing always happens, yes or no. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Jesse Kegley and Richard Brown of The Merge. Uh, guys, let's... We have a theory of, of operation in business that simple solutions to complex problems, and certainly IT is a complex problem, uh, it, simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Therefore, if you want to solve a complex problem, you need to have a complex solution. Maybe you could share with us a complex problem that you guys have run into, and you've solved it with a complex solution that we could, we could share without revealing trade secrets that other people might be able to uh, apply in their industries. I think, you know, I, I'd like to speak to, to ha in our, our own organization. Sure, uh, 50 people, you have a complex organization by right. definition. So it's, it's, it's uh, all about the people. 
Um, certainly, we know technology is complex and, and comprehensive, um, but as we have experienced the growth and the success at Emerge, um, we have we have this challenge and, and opportunity at the same time to make sure that our people are are, the, are in the right positions. Specifically with technology, we need to make sure that we have great technical competency to provide to our customers. If if that runs out, if if we don't have the the appropriate people that can deliver that service to our customer, then we can't grow. So for us internally, that's somewhat of a complex problem. Um, what we have done about that is we've really tackled this in many angles. Uh, we have taken a focus and an investment into our company culture. Uh, that has absolutely paid off for us. Uh, it helps attract the market to emerge. Uh, we we kind of have a saying that our, our our brand is our people. You know, so so our people. That's what makes us different. That's what provides the value. Um, we have training programs, career paths. We provide certification opportunities to our folks to help them maintain their technical competency and grow as as the technology changes out there. And uh, for us, it's very strategic in nature that we invest in our people and make sure that uh, that they're appreciated, that they're taken care of, so that a that we retain them and and such we retain the knowledge of our customer environment, adding value to our customers, that we attract the market, and that we make sure that we ultimately end up with the best people to service the market. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that you're actually looking for new people now? Uh, absolutely, we are. Um, you know, over the past year, I think we've hired about ten individuals, and mm-hmm. I can see us uh, hiring at least that into 2013. Good, good. Okay, and uh, just out of curiosity, when, when you guys pay for someone's training, uh, do they give you back an agreement that they're not going to leave right away? Yeah, I mean, we typically ask them to to sign an agreement that if they leave within a short period of time, they're they're going to help us cover some of the costs of that training. It's only fair, and and everyone you know everyone is is usually on the right page. And the the day that someone is concerned about signing that agreement is the day you're concerned about you know sending them to that training. Right, right. They're 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 halfway over the mm-hmm. over the threshold and out the door. Um, in uh, you, you mentioned that you guys are are in cloud computing today. That that, that term itself uh, didn't exist five years ago. People were talking about ASPs, and today everyone wants to be in the cloud. Are you actually providers of the underlying uh, computers? How does that work? Sure. So uh, Emerge does uh, own and operate data center infrastructure, which in turn we provide as cloud services to the market. So we own those hard assets, that hardware and that software, and the operational management of of that data center infrastructure. And we do provide cloud services in the form of disaster recovery, so organizations that have technology and a for example, do not have a second data center, they can replicate to our cloud and we can become their second data center. That's a uh, fantastic solution that has not been available at at an operational expenditure. So is that actually in your data center or is it in your renting space in some other public data center? So it is eMERGE infrastructure, which we own, Mm -hmm. and then we do leverage a couple of telecommunication providers as far as facilities and data transport to... So how many locations do you actually have cloud assets in? We have assets in two locations, two data centers, Westchester, Ohio, and 
Erlanger, Kentucky. Okay. And, and when you talk about, um, you know, whether or not you own the data center, really it's a decision around um, what is, you know, what is our primary business? Our primary business is providing technology solutions to our customers, not trying to manage a generator and HVAC environment, you know, UPSs and, and keep, keep the lights on in, in a large building full of computers. Right, okay. right. Either of you guys, uh, no, Mark Ross, or you listen to Mark Ross's show that I did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I do not. No. He's an IT uh, professional from P&G who's going out of his own. And his big thing in the in the cloud is not the backup, but the restoration. Sure. The restoration mm-hmm. process itself should, in fact, your data center go flat. Right, which comes around, the uh, we'll call it the business continuity piece, the piece of making sure that, that when that goes down, you can keep your business moving. I'm probably not quoting him correctly, but he said, you know, backup <laughs> is good, but it's worthless unless you can actually restore. Correct. Yeah, it's the idea of making sure that, that what you're doing in your backup plan, you know, is something that you can actually execute on. And and we work with many of our organizations uh, that, that we help them um, test their restore plan a couple times, usually once a year. And, and we'll take their entire environment and restore it in, in a virtual manner and bring up their applications and make sure that their business could run on the restored environment as opposed to their traditional production environment, which in a, in a disaster may have been destroyed. Okay, so you're actually doing a uh, a virtual test of the real backup. Exactly, exactly. So you're doing a, a recreation in the event. Uh, like they had at, with Hurricane Sandy in New York, where the real hardware is out in the ocean someplace. You got it. Or you underwater. It. We the, take that data and bring it bring it back to life. The proof's in the pudding, Mike. Well, I, I hope we don't have to have any proof of it here. <laughs> <laughs> it just looked really bad. Uh, I have some some children out there on Long Island <laughs> who are out of electricity for two weeks, you know. Really bad. No, uh, fun. no fun. No. And from an IT perspective, an absolute dead stop. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. How do you process invoices? How do you ship? Sure. Uh, big problems. Okay. Uh, you guys uh, do a lot of work in the voice over IP world. Uh, what lines of, per- of equipment do you typically uh, recommend? Sure, sure. And, you know, voice over IP is kind of that, that term that, that, like cloud over the years, has has uh, changed and, and grown and, and means a lot of different things to different people. Um, today, we largely, you know, we refer to it as unified communications, which which covers, obviously, voice, but, but it's also going to cover video. It's also going to cover, we'll call it presence technologies, and it's going to allow that integration of all those things together so that your business can, can be the most efficient with the communications technologies. Uh, it, you know the the lines and the things that we work with. We're a very um, a very deep partner with Cisco Systems. So Cisco Solutions are uh, something we're very familiar with, and and we think they are best of breed when it comes to what we provide to our customers around Cisco. So some of our cl- our clients and our listeners won't know what uh, presence means. Uh, why don't you tell them? Right. Yeah. And and that goes down to all the fun the fun terms in, in the technology industry, and everybody kind of just throws them around without thinking about what. Um, what those outside the technology industry may may know or not know of those terms, but presence technology really comes comes down to the the ability for you or your employees to understand what your status is, whether you're available, whether you're on the phone, whether you're uh, in a meeting, whether you're out sick for the day, 
whatever those things may do may be. And, and then it also ties that back to an instant messaging, instant messaging type client where you know you can message someone who may be in a meeting and still be able to interact and get the answer to your question and, and better you know be more efficient, serve your customers better uh, in the end. Mm-hmm. And you said you were. Uh integrating video with voice what what exactly did you mean by that well certainly you know traditional video conferencing many people get scared by it because it was complex over the years using video conferencing was very complex and and so people have, have in many cases given up on it or or said wow that's too hard because I have to have the IT guy on standby every time I want to do a video conference. You know, and mm-hmm. people, especially the executives in an organization, don't want to deal with that. They they just want it to work. And so, you know, Cisco has brought uh, to the table several new technologies that simplify video, make it much more immersive. Which means that, you know, as opposed to traditional video where you may see someone on a TV screen and they seem very distant, the quality may not be there. Voice and video may not be synced up very well. The things that Cisco has brought to the table allow that experience to be much more, uh, you know, immersive in what you're doing, uh, where it's, it's high defi- definition video, the technology is set up right, it's very easy to start and end calls, you can integrate them with, with your typical messaging, you know, and scheduling programs that you may use on, on your PC or Mac Sounds today. expensive. Well, you know, you got to look at you look at the efficiencies you gain by it. So it's not just the idea or the simple look at you know how expensive is the solution. But if I don't have to fly to you know the West Coast three times you know a month, I've, I've saved a lot of money in just doing that, and I can have an immersive you know video conference with you. Um, we're able to get business done without the time of travel and without the cost of travel wrapped around it. I think there's also opportunity in training. Uh, we're finding a lot of customers utilizing video technology to record training sessions or train their staff that might be in branch offices or remote locations. Um, additionally, you know, from a product presentation in a manufacturing type setting, you may want to present a product that might not be in that manufacturing facility. With having high definition video capabilities, you can now present that product and interact with with that product over long long distances via video. You know, Sandler's in the third generation of our uh, video training technology. That's called Sandler Online today. Uh, but still, the video is a really small percentage of the screen at real estate. Um, and frankly, we struggle with it here. We we have clients in uh, in West Virginia that we'd like to teleconference into a regular training class because it's better to do that than have them drive for three hours to get here. Exactly. So you know the woes around travel and then trying to get people from point A to point B. Yeah, it's it's difficult. And the other side of the coin is uh, we have to come up with a solution that is uh, technically feasible at a reasonable cost. And it's got to be technical feasible for uh, a guy working in his office in West Virginia or working out of his home in a, in a different city in West Virginia. Yeah, and that's that's where it comes back to different levels of technology too. You know, it, that that guy working in his home office in, in West Virginia isn't going to apply the same technology that you would have in an executive boardroom uh, in in a large organization. So, really, just understanding the, the solution and scaling it to what what the environment you know is appropriate for that. Right, and and we've tried the the Skype solution, and 
been marginally successful and marginally unsuccessful. And and so we certainly try to help our customers understand and draw a line between what we'll consider an enterprise class solution and what we consider a small office or even a home, you know, use solution. And Skype really falls down to that lower level of, of a small or home use solution. You're not going to get the same level of quality or usability out of the solution. Um, but for starters and for trials, it can be a good place to start at. Yeah, we've tried several different things here at Sandler. And, mm-hmm. uh, come on come on out to the office. Not, we'll show you a few things. You'll have to show me a few things. I'll have to get out there. Okay, we're going to take a uh, another short commercial break. And if you do have a question for uh, for Jesse or Rob, the number is 646-595-4916. When you hear about a typical sales training program, does it usually involve a one- or two-day seminar where some alleged guru passes down what he claims are the secrets to making sales? At Roth & Associates, I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. We recognize that truisms and motivating speeches aren't enough to arm sales teams with the tools they need for success. Sales is a hard business. Typical sales training can only provide typical and disappointing results. At Roth & Associates, we use the Sandler methodology of continual reinforcement and ongoing training seminars along with individual coaching to ensure victory in the world of sales. We've been doing it here in Cincinnati for over 15 years. You won't fail because I won't let you. Roth & Associates, 513-646-6523. 513-646-6523. Two, three. On the web at RothConsulting.net. Finding power in reinforcement. This message is short and to the point. In business, you don't get paid for what you know. You get paid for what you sell. Yet many salespeople leave their skills to chance. They often think, let me think it over. They write proposals that go nowhere. They lower their price to get the order. They wind up chasing prospects through the voicemail maze. It doesn't have to be that way. The best salespeople were not born great. They learned it. I'm Mike Roth of Roth & Associates. We're famous for our expensive, difficult sales training. We're not for everyone. We build the best sales prospectors and sales negotiators on the planet. Are you in sales? Are you ready to get deadly serious about your career that feeds your family? Are you ready to make a change? Call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6500. Two, three. Sandler's most experienced trainer in Cincinnati. 646-6523. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Jesse Kegley and Richard Brown. Okay, before we run out of time, I want to make sure I, I squeeze this one question. and I'd like to depose it to company leaders like you guys. If each of you could give our listeners just one leadership tip about running a company, what would that leadership tip be? I think we've kind of already um, kind of alluded to it a little bit uh, in, in the discussions we've had, but uh, we feel like the people are, are just key to, to the success of our organization and, and our continued success. So, uh, you know, our, our simple tip there is take care of your people, put together a culture that really rewards them for growth and, and shows them how important they are to the organization. I would say for mine, uh you know, speaking from personal experience, is making sure that you're enabling the the people that work for you to be successful. Uh, it's very easy to uh, to expect certain things, expect certain performance parameters, 
uh, and not make sure that they're enabled to meet those. And that's not really fair. Um, that that results in uh, everything that would, would have an employee be wanting to look elsewhere. Um, so absolutely make sure that, that your folks are enabled to be successful and enabled to, to meet the marks that you set out in front of them to meet. So exactly what do you mean by that? Do you enable your employees to make financial commitments for the company? If I guess what I mean by that is, is for example, if I have uh, a sales team, I manage a sales team, and I have revenue goals uh, for them to attain, um, I need to make sure that myself, their manager, is doing everything possible to help them get to those goals. Um, if, if I'm not there helping them along the way, moving obstacles that are in front of them, then I don't feel like I'm being a really good manager for them. And I think uh, all of us at, at Emerge take that, that same stance with our folks. We want them to be successful. We don't just expect it. We want them to be successful, and we help them along the way. So you have an open-door management policy? Absolutely, all the time. That's good. We worked with a another company, and they took it one step further. The two owners of the company sat in the same bullpen mm-hmm. as all of the employees. Someone had a problem, right up at his desk. It, it, it was a, an interesting thing to watch. Sure. Um, let's uh, change gears a little bit, talk about the technology you use. Uh, everyone's using the Internet for marketing. You, uh, Richard, you mentioned marketing. Uh, how are you guys using the Internet for marketing? So for us, um, you know, we are we're actually in, in the middle of transitioning and incorporating some new process, procedure, and, and technology. Uh, we're revamping our our web presence, uh, social media channels, and putting a lot of time and attention in that. Uh, starting to to really look at the um, business intelligence, the analytics that come out of that technology uh, to make the best decisions for us. For example, uh, we need to understand where people are going on our website. We, we have a new website getting ready to launch here in about a week, and there's a ton of updated content on that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how, how long are people spending on you know a cloud site or a, a video teleconference page or, or whatnot in our website. So being able to look at the analytics behind that can really help us make decisions as far as what steps we're going to take and what direction we're going to take in additional marketing uh, efforts. Mm-hmm. Are you actually capturing your uh, uh, CIO meetings and the content of that and making that available later through your website? We're not doing that today. Um, you know, these that's what I would say kind of a, a protected environment. CIOs are kind of sharing their, their challenges, their objectives, and and folks are sharing what they've done to to uh, address similar issues. But, you know, there's certainly uh, we see opportunity in the future to take um, content from our lunch and learns or from educational type seminars and, and put that information out there to the web and then drive people through social media channels to that information. You're not doing lunch and learns, are you? We are doing lunch and learns. Oh, I'll strongly suggest don't use that name. Well, you used it, so I was just following up on okay. that. Yeah. But yes, Sandler it, a few years ago was using that name uh, across the country in 300 training centers, and uh, we got a cease and desist letter from a, a company that, that said we own the name, the trademark on lunch and learn. Is that oh. right? So we had to change the, what we call our lunchtime educational seminar. <laughs> Sure. Crazy. Hey, intellectual property. Absolutely. You can't argue with it. Sandler has intellectual property that we want to protect, and 
sure. will certainly, uh, certainly honor other people's intellectual property. Uh, in in your business, what do you see as the greatest growth area in the next uh, 12, 18 months? You know, I, I think we've talked a little bit about uh, the opportunities around cloud, and, and we think that extends, you know, into to some of the things happening in in the um, in the data center too for the enterprise, where we just see the growth of. Uh, so, so that's the first question. Then, do you see the growth in your world as enterprise growth or smaller business growth? Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so uh, you know, we we certainly work with customers in both areas of mm-hmm. business, and um, from from a, a small medium business standpoint, we feel the cloud is absolutely critical to the growth uh, of that part of the business because we see the small business, small medium businesses moving so many of their systems and, and their applications into today's cloud. And, and that's a huge growth area for us as a business is to ensure that we're enabling those businesses to move their, their um, business environment, their technology environment into the cloud, as well as ensuring that uh, we continue to support them in, in their new cloud arrangements, whether that be with us or with other organizations. Let me ask you a kind of a, a personal question here in our business. We've always maintained our own servers. Uh, we have a small business server, 2008, uh, and, I don't know, three or four other virtual servers around the network. One employee working off-premise, uh, two employees working off-premise now that I think about it. Should we... Uh, Upgrade our server to 2012, the new latest and greatest from Microsoft? Or should I just throw my hands up in the air and say, man, I don't want to be in the IT business. I'm in the sales training business and, and throw it to someone in the cloud. Yeah, I think you said it best. Um, you know, technology, uh, although a great enabler to, to organizations, can be a, a distraction at times, especially in the small and medium-sized business. It's a non-productive activity for me. You know, it, it is, and managed services also kind of plays into here with cloud. You know, it is not just the fact that Emerge, a cloud provider, owns that infrastructure and maintain, maintains and operates it, but we, you know, we provide that consulting around what really is that cloud going to offer you. Um, at the end of the day, you need access to your applications and your data, and that's really what matters for you to be able to get your job done. Uh, and that's that's really what we're what we're providing out there through people and technology. Managed services, I think, is also going to continue to grow in the in the SMB and mid market space. Um, we are are growing our team of experts. And so when you say managed services, sure. Uh, why don't we uh, take take that onto the magnifying glass and tell us exactly what you mean by that? IT outsourcing for a small business, um, or taking a a component of the IT department in a mid sized organization and and having a provider really manage that for them. Uh, for for a small business uh, such as yourself or such as an organization that might have one or one or two guys, uh, they certainly can can cater to the end users and provide that service internally. Uh, when it comes to complex technical issues and the advisory piece, we have a lot of value to, to bring to the table there. And um, there's just opportunity for uh, efficiency and, and cost savings and partnering with a managed service provider. Uh, at the same time in the mid-market, you know, there might be a specific technology, whether it be security or voice over IP that or virtualization that that organization would have to invest large dollars into 
having the resource, that technical person come in to manage that, and not to mention the challenge of organizations that, you know, invest in technology refresh every three or four years. If you have a technical person on staff managing that, are they going to get bored with their job? If they're a technologist and they love technology and they're passionate about it, yes, they're going to get bored. I could think, I'm just thinking a guy at Rotary. We've, we've actually had many staff members today that came from that environment, and we provide an environment where they get to work with new technology every day. They're just happier people doing that, and ultimately that results in better service to the customer. Hmm. I'll have to give you a lead on that. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> that was a good answer. Let me change subjects again and, and talk a little bit about uh, voice over IP. I saw a, a demo recently that I didn't like, and it was through a voice over IP system. guy had two telephones, the voice over IP system in the middle, and they were both in the same room. And when you said hello into one telephone, it was a quarter of a second delay before it got to the second telephone. What do you think of that? Is that normal in voice over IP? Well, certainly not. You know, that's that's a matter of, of technology and, and technology demos and, and just not having things that are properly configured or managed correctly. And and that's what, you know, one of the keys that goes back to, we talked a little bit about managed service. We talked a little bit about the cloud. Uh, and in all those things, you know, we are experts with the technology. We do it every day. Just like just like somebody in a financial organization is expert with numbers with finance, mm-hmm. so so knowing that we do that every day, we're able to make sure that technology works correctly when you're using it, and ensure that you know when you when you count to ten, it doesn't take you thirty seconds because you have to wait two seconds every time you know someone says one two. Uh, so that is certainly not normal for for voice over IP technology, uh, nor nor is it something that you would expect out of a solution like that. I guess I was surprised when I when I saw that demonstration. I went, oh, my God. Well, We're yeah. back to 1970 with satellite delay. What technology? Yeah. What's that, Jesse? What, what technology were you looking at? Um, it was a PC-based uh, voice over IP system. Right. And, and therein lies your problem, that... Um, that you're looking at something that may not be designed for for we'll call it prime time. Mm-hmm. It may not be a, a top level uh, solution. It's it's something that was developed and and someone said, look how cheap we can do this, not look how well we can make it work for your business. Right, right. And there's certainly a difference between the two, and, that, and that's the key with just just making sure the solutions that are that you're selecting are are good solutions, not ones that are are made up uh, in. Right, right. That that. That didn't seem prime time, ready for prime time for me. Uh, guys, I really want to thank you for uh, for coming out and being with us here today. And I'm going to give each one of you a Sandler book. And you can have your choice of uh, the first book, Can't Teach a Kid to Ride a Bike at a Seminar, the second book, The 49 Sandler Rules, or the third book, The uh, 11 Sandler Principles. And we'll give you an invitation to come into uh, one of our seminars to you, so you can experience Sandler for yourselves. Great, Mike. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks again for coming. Thank you very much, Mike. Good. And uh, Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. With 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.